1: Morgo, mate, welcome on. What is doing?
0: Not much, Guru. Just, uh, just chilling this afternoon. Sort of going over all my notes for the SuperCoach draft tomorrow night,
1: mate. Mate, it's a huge night, and you know, obviously, we've known each other for a number of years, played a lot of footy together, and whatnot. Um, I, I wasn't even aware that you were a draft man until the other night. It's exciting.
0: Yeah, oh, mate, I, I got into it last year for the first time and had such a ball with the lads. Um, just increased the amount of shit talk between us all. Um, you know, it uh, actually brought us all closer. And so we loved it and just uh, thought we'd get on board for a second year. Still trying to figure it out, though. Got a bit of a... Got no idea, really, to be honest.
1: Mate, oh, I reckon you'll get halfway through your second year and it, it'll all click. It all just falls into place all of a sudden. How did um, how did the first year go for you?
0: Uh, okay, so last year, um, I got the first pick in our draft. Um, and I, I went with Payne Hart um which uh you know was pretty controversial at the time everyone looked at me like an idiot because I didn't take Teddy um but uh I ended up getting to the, the grand final uh and I was versed in the bloke who got the second pick who picked Teddy um and uh before the final the final game or the final round sorry uh we made a little side bet because he, he seemed to think that he, he picked Teddy first and uh and I knew because I, I, you know, had it stuck in my head that I shouldn't have picked Payne Haas, <laughs> because I ended up trading him halfway through the year for Angus Crichton. Um, yeah, he was, he was dead certain that he uh, he picked Teddy first and so he made a little bet and so all the chocolates went to the winner of the bet. So uh, I didn't really have any skin riding on the, that last round because I knew I'd be getting all the money in the end but uh, yeah, it turned out well for me. I came second but I got all the money.
1: And, mate, obviously, uh, for any draft players that are listening, they'll they'll, they'll be cringing right now because, obviously, Payne Haas, I mean, pretty rogue going in pick one without a doubt. But then halfway through the season, the game moved towards your really high-ceiling players like a James Tedesco. It would have been a double blow for you.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, I thought based on the season before, I thought he was just going to, you know, blow it out of the the park every week. I thought because he's a prop playing nearly 80 minutes, um, yeah that he'd be be racking up some huge scores because he's just got such a big voter and you know I've, I've got a soft spot for the big boys so uh, yeah that sort of that bit me in the ass but managing to get Crichton for him uh, worked out really well because you know he's a gun
1: well mate you're obviously on here for a bit of draft advice and my number one bit of advice would be from now on if you've ever got pick number one do not draft anyone else but James Tedesco
0: yeah oh, no I realised that real quick he's uh, yeah you can't touch him really like there's players like Cody Walker and stuff who, you know, they have ceilings just as high. But week in, week out, Teddy just delivers.
1: Tell me, mate, uh, are you aware of what number you're drafting tomorrow night? Yeah, uh, we done it yesterday. I'm drafting at eight, so
0: um, I don't mind it. I, I don't, uh, yeah, uh, we've got 14 in our in our comp. Um, I don't mind eight at all uh, because i sort of felt like getting the first pick and then the you know 28th pick or whatever it was last year a lot of the good spine players had gone and the fact that I picked a prop with my first pick um you know I was, I was a bit stressed about that that didn't really work well worked out for me but yeah I'd rather be able to get a couple of uh, high quality plays closer together so a, I'm happy with it
1: Mate Jeezy did well to make it to the grand final if you take him Payne Haas and then 27 of the best players go after him tough gig
0: yeah mate uh, I'd say it's more ass than class to be honest I uh yeah, I don't know what I don't know what I was doing. I love my footy and stuff, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a student of the game or, or or a super coach. It just sort of things fell in my lap. I think a lot of people had uh, had bad weeks when they versed
1: me. Uh, they all count, mate. They all count. Tell me, obviously sitting at pick eight of a fourteen man draft comp, I actually think this year is a really good spot to sit in. What sort of guys are you thinking about before? I give my opinion of it. Obviously, pick eight. You're going to miss that really top-shelf sort of guys, but I think there's a lot of value there. Which sort of guys are you looking at?
0: Uh, Well, look, you know, in a dream world, uh, I'd love to get Harry Grant. I think he'd be my first choice because, again, like I'm picking with my heart rather than my head here. I love a crafty hooker um, or maybe Cody Walker. I can see, you know, scouts are just going to, going to dominate this year being a Bunnies fan I've got to say that but I think they really will and I think Cody Walker is going to be the beneficiary of a lot of that
1: Cody Walker for me mate he's a guy that I don't think he'll go any higher than fifth in a lot of drafts but it wouldn't shock me in the slightest if he finishes in the top five point scorers he's just one of those high ceiling players and for me, the the good thing about Cody Walker is that if your grand final is round 25, which I assume it is, he plays the St. George Illawarra Dragons that day. Pretty good gig there.
0: Well, yeah, 100%. Uh, I don't have high hopes for the Dragons this year, unfortunately, or for, unfortunate for them, really. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the perfect time for Cody to shine.
1: I think Harry <laughs> Grant's an interesting one, too, mate. Obviously, no one loves Harry, Harry Grant more than me. Need to pull my face out <laughs> of his ass for a couple of seconds here. But, um obviously people are very worried about brandon smith for me personally i just can't see a world where harry grant isn't playing 80 minutes potentially the first couple of weeks maybe not i still doubt it but by the back end there's not a hope in hell craig bellamy isn't running harry grant there for 80 minutes
0: for sure um i I think look i think to be honest brandon smith does his best work at 13 i I know he plays Hooker for New Zealand, but uh, yeah, I think I think Thirteen's where he does the damage, and when he comes on with that energy, you know, um, you know, I feel like in the middle of the park, not having to worry about the organisation and stuff. I think that's definitely uh, definitely how they'll they'll work it.
1: To be honest with you, mate, I'll be shocked beyond belief if you don't get one of those two guys in pick eight. I I think you're pretty safe with those two. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I mean, I I was trying to. You know, I've been racking my brains. I've been doing the Rain Man, like writing scribbling notes everywhere, looking like a madman. Um, And I was trying to come up with basically a top 10, um, you know, who who I think is going to go in the top 10 so I can sort of suss out my chances of getting either of those two guys. I'd be interested to hear who you think or, you know, if you have an idea of how your top 10 or how most top 10s you think would look.
1: Mate, it's always it's always hard to predict, but I mean, I I think the top two, without a doubt, will be Tedesco and Nathan Cleary. Um, yep. unless someone goes rogue and picks a pain house, but there's not many of those blokes around anymore. I think it'll definitely be those two, and then, mate, I think Cameron Munster will be really high. I'm expecting him to go on the top five of most comps. Um, yep. and then there's you know there's a plethora yeah, of other driven. guys that could be there. It's going to be really interesting. Like Cody Walker will be up there. Caelan Ponga, he's missing the first few weeks. So he's a guy that – he's another guy that you should be keeping an eye on because for me – I spoke to you earlier in the week about this. The first four weeks, they're completely irrelevant to me. Supercoach titles, they're not won in the first four weeks. They're won in the last four weeks. So, But a lot of people see it differently. I think Caelan Ponga, he's a guy that will be in that top eight or so. Um, I think a guy like AJ Brimson, he finished the season extremely well. He's got a really high average heading into this. He could be another guy floating around the back end of that top 10. And then you've got your really consistent guys. You've got your Angus Crichton, you've got your, Vic, uh, sorry, your Ryan Maddison's, and then you've got Jason Taumalolo, who uh, he's obviously going to be playing less minutes this year, uh, but whether that means he'll be less impactful and score less points, it remains to be seen. But, I mean, there's a there's a host of high ceiling guys. Then you got these three unbelievably consistent forwards. I think the top ten will go something along those lines. But mate, it's just it can be so different in every single comp. Let me let me ask you this: You've obviously got pick eight. The guys that have got pick seven and pick nine, do you know who they are?
0: Uh, I no, well, I, I could find out, but I uh, I didn't pay that much attention. I just saw my number and then just started scrabbling
1: notes around. Well this is one thing that I would definitely be focusing on and if I was you I'd find out who's seven and nine and keep track of how they're drafting on draft night also pick number 10 because they're gonna be the guys that are gonna steal around you so obviously pick eight like as you get later into your draft you know you might need a half back but there's a good second rower on the board and then you look at nine and ten and see they've already got halfbacks you probably know that you can take that second rower and leave your half back till the back end it's really important to keep track of the guys around you.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Good tip, Guru. I like that one. Um, I didn't even consider that. So that's a, it's a good thing to have in my brain.
1: Definitely um, one thing to, get- to like. If you if you have to sit next to them, or if you can if you can look over their shoulder and have a look at their team, it's just worth tracking the positions that you need and the positions that yeah. they've got filled, where maybe you can push an extra few because that. That's what I really like about your pick eight. Obviously, you're gonna. I know yours is a 14 man comp, not a 10 man comp. Still, you you want to keep track of the guys around you. It can it can be a big yeah. advantage for you, mate.
0: Yeah, for sure. Oh, I'll definitely be doing that. Maybe slip them a few extra beers. A Couple uh, of booze Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, soften them up a little bit before I uh, before I count. Now, um, mate, but yeah.
1: Before, no, before we started talking, you, you obviously mentioned to me that you're worried about how to build your bench. Can I ask, what sort of worries do you have around that?
0: Uh, look, I just, because last year I got into a bit of strike with players getting injured and then there being no one left on the waiver wire to get into my team to cover that position. Um, I just wanted to know, like, how, how do you recommend you fill a bench uh, in terms of, Versatility to cover for injuries, or do you have point scoring players who you can then trade off because they're they're um, you know racking up heaps of points, and other players, uh, other people in your comp will want them. Um, I just yeah, I wasn't too sure about how to how to structure my bench,
1: mate. The way that I go about it and. It really depends on your draft. You have you have to be flexible. Um, you have to be able to make decisions based on the team you've already got. I normally try and fill just the best thirteen players I can in positions, and then I try I try to have as many dual position guys as I can. Um, especially in a comp like yours, a deep league, having dual position guys it can just open up your options on the waiver wire each and every week. I mean, if you have a front rower that goes down, but you've got two second rowers that are dual position, front row, second rower. All of a sudden, you know, when you're looking on the waiver wire, you're not just looking for front rowers. You can look for second rowers as well and try and move it around. Um, There's a lot of guys that I would be trying to get on my bench that are dual position. They might not be as talented as other guys that are still sitting there on draft night, but that dual position, it's worth a lot of points for me. And I think... The other thing that I do with my bench, my pick 16 and 17, they are just punts. They are just guys that I think, you know what, I've got a feeling this guy could be a smoky. I grab him. If he's not named week one, I just let him go. Uh, I'll give you an example. Last year, pick 17, it was my turn. There was Jack shit on the board. Uh, I picked a guy that no one had heard of. Everyone went, who the hell is that? It was Stephen Crichton. Um, All of a sudden, he scores 14 tries this season. He was a 50-point center wing for me. Uh, you've you've got to be willing to take a few gambles and the boys to look at you and go, what the fuck is that? But then all of a sudden yeah. there's one or two injuries and you're looking at absolute gold.
0: Right. Well, Guru, I'm going to get you to send me over your uh, your smokies for this season. I won't get you to do it on air. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'll definitely hit up for those.
1: Uh, there's always smokies around, mate. There's always gold to be found. There was... Mate, I, I, there, was, there was another big gamble I took last year. I think pick four, I, I drafted Harry Grant. And at that time, he was still sitting down there at the Melbourne Storm. There were these rumors about the West Tigers. Then, you know, six weeks later, all of a sudden, he's a starting hooker. Like, that was absolute gold for me.
0: Yeah, what
1: a gun. How did you do in your comp? Uh, well, mate, I, similar to you, funnily enough, I had pick five. Uh, I went with Payne Haas, and then... As would have happened to you as well. The new rules came in and Payne Haas, were, he wasn't irrelevant, but he was heaps less relevant than what he was when I drafted him. Thankfully, I had yeah. Harry Grant who set the world alight. So I also lost the grand final. Uh, unlucky for me, I didn't trade Payne Haas during the season. I, I couldn't get rid of him. Um, and, mate, it was torture in that grand final. He scored his first try of the season and he scored 55. It was just an absolute nightmare. Ah,
0: oh, well, that's brutal.
1: Very tough, um, mate, Yeah.
0: Guru, I got. A, I had another question. This one's pretty specific um, because I, I follow along with the uh, what's going on at the Tigers quite keenly now. A friend of mine has moved there to play. Um, I just want to know your thoughts on Luke Brooks. Um, whether you reckon he's a, a top tier halfback now that he's going to be behind a solid forward pack.
1: Uh, mate, he's got
0: some guys outside him too.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's. The, the thing that worries me with the Tigers, and um, obviously you, you're, you're good mate. We, we, we won't mention his name, but he's going to do really good things there this year. I'm, I'm confident in that. I'm I'm not convinced on this side, to be honest with you. Uh, the halfback position, it essentially goes Nathan Cleary, daylight, daily Cherry Evans, daylight than everyone else. Uh, and Luke yeah. Brooks is somewhere in that complete and utter shit fight. The thing that worries me with this Tiger side and especially with Luke Brooks. I mean, we saw Michael McGuire last year. Um, you know, they weren't doing overly well. They weren't doing catastrophically though. And you know, the hammer fell on Luke Brooks and he was dropped to reserve grade this year. Personally, I don't think they've improved. I think that they're going to go backwards. They're going to miss Benji. They're going to really miss Harry Grant. Unbelievably for me, the biggest worry with Brooksy is if he stays there the entire season, I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if this is if this is Luke Brooks's last season for the West Tigers and to be honest with you, I think it's the best thing for Brooksy and it might be the best thing for the West Tigers as well.
0: Wow, that's a hot take and I like it.
1: I like it. Mate, I, I think, feel sorry uh, for him. He's one of these, I mean, you, you'd remember, um, you know, six or seven years ago, he, he was the next Andrew Johns. He came in with so much hype and it's just yeah. been brutal to watch. Yeah,
0: I mean, you see that happen with a lot of these young players, you know, like especially when there's those raps coming around and even before they've played first grade, or they've played a handful of games I can't even imagine the pressure that that must put on them um, you know to, to either to live up to that tag and then also for a lot of players you know they've got the combined worry of providing for their families and yeah it's a, it's a nightmare that I don't know why why we heap it on, the, on these young fellas
1: Mate, and the worst thing for Brooksy, I'm sure, you know, you're a footy head like me, you'll remember his debut. It was at the SCG, they were wearing the old Magpies kit, taking on the Dragons. He scored two tries against a hopeless Dragons team, and then it just built it up even more. Um, yeah, there You know, he came through with Tedesco, Mitch Moses, these sort of guys, they all left the building. And Paul, Paul Luke Brooks, I mean, the music stopped, and he, it, it was like he didn't have a chair. It was, it was tough on him. The other thing that worries me about Brooksy, mate, is that... I'm having a look at this West Tigers side. Last year, they had Nofaluma on the right edge with Joey LaLua in front of him. Uh, Jimmy the Jets obviously arrived at the West Tigers, so they've switched Joey LaLua after moving his brother to the left-hand side to separate them. So they've put them back together so that James Roberts and Nofaluma are on the strike edge together. And of course... Luke Brooks, he plays predominantly down the left edge. I'm tipping that a lot of their structures will be going to the left post to swing it back to Jimmy Roberts and David Nofaluma. That's the other thing that worries me about here, if I'm honest with you.
0: Yeah, a would be predictable. I worry about the defence and uh, that play Lewis side as well, to be fair. And you know um, who's going to get
1: blamed for it? Luke Brooks.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Well, it'll be an interesting season. Rugby league, there's always something to watch, isn't there?
1: Always, mate, always. And I think this team's going to be a bit of a basket case. I think they're going to be very, very interesting to watch. What's the uh, what's the next question on your sheet, brother?
0: Uh, mate, this one, you know, obviously this question's popped up in recently. Uh, Turbo, we all know that he is one of the best players in the game. When he's fit, he has more influence on a game than almost anybody I've ever seen. Um, his team needs him. Is he a fair punt at the moment, or do you think it's too risky? I know his hamstring is, they say, the other hamstring, not the one he's injured before, but, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. He's got I feel like he's got spiders on him. I don't know whether to pick him or, you know, see how late down the draft he might go.
1: Mate, there was a question that I forgot to ask you earlier. Is your league, is it a captain's league or not? Do you, do you have to pick a captain every week? No, no captain. No captains, okay, because... For me, Tom Trevojevic, if you're in a captain's league, that changes everything. For you that's not, he definitely gets bumped down a lot for for me. I mean, I would have taken him probably in the top five players um, before this injury. Uh, now, I mean, it's an absolute lottery, isn't it? It's um, it, mate, it, it's a real punt because at the end of the day, if, if you've got Tom Trevojevic and he plays the last four games of the season, for me, I think there's a 40% chance you win a premiership then and there. He has just got that much impact, and there's a really good chance that if you do have him for the last four weeks of this season, you've probably got him at a really late pick in your first round or early in your second round, which means you've got incredible value and you've come into it with two superstars. But at the same time, if he doesn't play those four weeks at the back end of the season, of course, you're left standing there with your dick in your hand doing absolutely nothing. So it's a massive punt. Personally, I'm a bit of a punting man myself. I can see myself probably going for him if he's sitting there and I'm deep enough, but, mate, that's far from saying it's going to be a successful move.
0: I mean, can't be predicted, obviously, what's going to happen. You know, any player can go down in any round, but, uh, yeah, okay, well, that's a bit of clarity there. I mean, knowing that it's not as important not in a captain's league, that helps. Um, Uh, I'm just singing off
1: the top of my head, knowing some of the boys in your competition, you've got a few manly boys, don't you?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. We do. Um, that's why I'd, I'd love to really stick it to them and, and take him, and you know, hopefully towards the end of the season, he's, he's racking up some big scores for me, and I can really rub it in their faces.
1: I actually, uh, I had one of those boys message me the other day, asking me a question. I told them that I was told strictly by you not to talk to them, so you'll probably get a bit of stick from them.
0: Uh, yeah, I bet I'll hear about it tomorrow night. That's for sure.
1: No doubt about it. But yeah, Turbo, mate, he's. Depends how much you're willing to gamble. Uh, it's a really, it's a real all-or-nothing play, but geez, yeah. if, if you get the right dice that roll your way, I mean, it's hard to lose from there.
0: For sure. I, I just had similar um, concerns about Sean Johnson. I'm not too sure how long he's supposed to be out for, but he's another player. He was carving last year while he was on the field. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he's got an injury at the moment. I don't know how much he's missing.
1: Yeah, mate, he's got, a, he's got a bad Achilles injury. So uh, as I'm sure you can imagine, for the sort of footballer Sean Johnson is, an Achilles injury is right up there with the worst thing he could possibly have. Uh, he's obviously has transitioned his game to some extent over the last few years to more of a traditional ball player. But for me, he still heavily relies on his explosive power to get on the outside of his A defender and then create his magic. So it's a bit of a worry for me. I think the other thing that people are forgetting about Sean Johnson is that you know, yes, he might return in round eight, and he's coming up against guys that have been running for eight weeks and for three months of a preseason before that. Sean hasn't been doing that, so and like I, you know, you, you've you've played plenty of footy yourself and have plenty of mates that have played first grade and whatnot. It's it's the back end of the season where players they really gain their advantage from a hard preseason. And Sean, he's coming into this season without that, so he is a bit of a punt for me.
0: Yeah, don't know whether whether he'll have the legs. Um, uh, oh thats that's good I, I think that um you know because I, I was thinking about how well he was playing last year but i didn't consider the uh the lack of the preseason and and coming into it late with uh with no K's in his legs that's going to be a huge huge influence on at, on the uh at the same time
1: though mate i definitely think there is a value spot where I will definitely look at Sean Johnson, especially depending on how your first two picks go. I mean, at pick eight, if you happen to get a Cody Walker, then on the way back, you're able to get a really good second rower. And, you know, you've got a solid guy, a ceiling guy. I mean, you could do much worse than to use a third or fourth pick on Sean Johnson and sort of hope for the best. I mean, if you mess up a pick one or two, that can be quite costly. Pick three or four. I normally find that I gamble on one of those. Last year it was Harry Grant. It came up good for me. Previous years it's been Moylan and it's gone to shit, but I've managed to get by without it. Um, so it just yeah. depends on how your squad's lining up and also the guys that you've got your eye on in the future. I mean, Sean Johnson obviously plays a pretty critical position. Um, and If you can if you can manage to keep your head above water until he does return and then keep your head above water until he's got six weeks of footy under his belt, it really could be anything. A
0: lot of ifs there, though.
1: Guru. I, don't, mate, I live the for difficult. the if I don't know anything But the if I pay rent with yeah, the if
0: <laughs> Oh man I'm not as gutsy as that I don't know I can't wait to, uh, to Go through my uh, My old draft with you when, Once it's all said and done It'll be a good laugh Well see mate like, The
1: absolute beauty Of this would have been If you would have won Last year You've already got a Championship on the belt You could have taken All these risks In the world Yeah Because you're still yeah. Chasing one now It changes things A little bit
0: Pressure's on Big time Um, Mate, I've I've just got one more question before I let you go. Uh, We watched the trials uh, on the weekend and and saw the new rule changes. Uh, It seemed to me like it slowed the game down. felt like players were probably getting a bit more of a breather than they were last year. Uh, Do you reckon that's going to – or what what sort of influence do you think that will have on on the players? I'm thinking particularly sort of forwards, explosive players uh, who could really use those little rests.
1: Yeah, mate, I watched a lot of trials over the weekend, especially the Indigenous All-Stars game. And for me, the game, it did look slower. Um, The one thing I will say, though, is that, one, that game was played in the wet. Uh, Two, it was played by guys that, you know, they haven't spent a preseason together. They've spent one week together where, realistically, um, going to visit hospitals, going to visit schools was much more important than gelling together as a footy side. I think we can all agree that, the week's more important than the game itself there. So for me, there was a couple of things there that, yes, it was slow to me, but I, I sort of want more of a sample of how this footy is going to look. But for me, I think the biggest one is when you kick a ball into touch, how there's no scrum anymore. it's It becomes a play the ball, and it means that you get your set defensive line every single time. I personally think we'll go back to scrums very soon. I know that there was a lot of complaints about them and whatnot, but at least it means that for the defensive team you have one or two play the balls where you have to get yourself back into order and this is where your jason town malolos your kick these sort of guys one off a scrum they can cause real damage and just create momentum through the center third so i think to some extent you are right i think it could bring the explosive footballer down and Look, the reality is that our game is only getting faster, which means that halves and 5.8s know that they need to get more of a break for their forwards. I think they're going to kick it out more and more and they're going to take more and more of a spell. I actually think it's going to make our game less entertaining.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I have uh, sort of similar feelings there. It'll be interesting to see whether, uh, I don't know who it is, the Landis or Abdo, whoever it is, uh, will just you know have the guts to say, look, we made a change. It's not the right change. We're going to go back to the way it was, uh, if, if that does
1: If that does happen, I mean, like, I completely understand why they've done this because the scrums. I mean, it's a glorified cuddle for the last few years. It does look completely and utterly ridiculous, but at least it means that you have six of the players on the field within five meters of each other. If teams want to take advantage of it. They can. They just tend not to. I think that once we take scrums away and then we reintroduce them, I think coaches will start to value that opportunity more to have half the guys on the field standing within two meters squared of each other to be able to move the side around. Well, that's what I'm hoping for, anyway.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then also, I guess the disturbance of you know those players trying to get back in position can create uh, can create some openings and some gaps for the, the wily attackers
1: mate exactly right and when you are trying to get back in position if the team gets on the front foot which they should be able to it means that these guys get into position in transition they might be next to guys they don't usually defend with they might be caught out of position whereas now when you kick a ball into touch it's a play the ball and you will have your wingers your centres your halfbacks your second rowers they will all be in their set positions like they would be if they arrived at training and I think it's going to make a massive difference
0: for sure Oh man! All I can say is I'm bloody looking forward to it. The draft tomorrow night, and when footy really kicks off, charity shield on Saturday. Yeah, funny, probably going to give the dragons a hiding. I reckon.
1: I reckon without a doubt, mate. I think the dragons they manage to get worse every day, and Rabbitohs they just seem to get better every day. It is they're both moving the needle in complete opposite directions at the moment.
0: For sure, but the, I mean, the thing about rugby league, mate, on any day anything can happen. So I'll still be on the edge of my seat
1: mate exactly right and I've got to ask you before you go I, I heard that you kicked off your modelling career a few weeks ago
0: oh yeah mate uh, I mean the, the shirts are a bit tight around the shoulders and biceps but uh, yeah no it's great I've been wearing it, uh, been wearing it around the house a lot um, I'm looking forward to, uh, to doing a bit more modelling in my future
1: Morgo, of course, was one of our models for our Rugby League Guru T-shirts that you would have seen over the last few weeks. Uh, Mate, I actually saw one punter comment that uh, they they thought you were Todd Payton, and I'll tell you what, for me to be in a conversation and someone else say uh, that someone else looks like Todd Payton outside of me, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah,
0: I don't mind Todd Payton. I also get Kurt Baptiste occasionally down at touch, (laughs) but I'll take anything. Any bald Rugby League player, lay it on me. I'll take it. Uh, no, that, but, was, that was a great uh, that was a great session at the pub and cheers for the beers as well. Uh, yeah, had a had a really good time.
1: No, nah, mate, it was a good time, and we, we've hopefully got more merchandise coming over the next few years if everyone uh, get gets yeah, out mate. and cop some gear. So exciting times.
0: Yeah, I really want to get one of the uh, the beer cozies. That's
1: mate, what I'm they've, to. they've been doing some serious overtime in my house the last few weeks. They are fantastic. I'm absolutely loving them, mate. Um. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to drag you on post-draft night and see how it all went. Are you willing to jump back on and uh, we'll go through each of your picks and see how it all went down? Yeah, for sure. Gladly, mate. Beautiful, mate. I'll, uh, I guess I'll talk to you probably early next week. We'll get you on and we'll see how you went with it. Are we Are we sticking with Cody Walker or Harry Green? If you've got the choice of both, which one are you going first? For oh, Being a
0: bunnies, man, I think I'd have to go with Cody Walker.
1: Yeah, mate, I, I think that's where the smart money is. I'd have to go Harry Grant myself because I've much invested uh some coin in his stocks. But I think as a Rabideaus fan yourself, mate, I think you've definitely got to go, Cody. I think that'll be a really exciting year for you.
0: Yeah, right. mate, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, uh, thanks for having me on, Guru. Really appreciate it.
1: No, mate, all good. I look forward to having you on next week. We'll uh, we'll catch you then, mate.
0: Easy, see you, mate.